the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting sleepily, like virtually across from me, is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel. Rachel, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing because I already know that you're exhausted. You've had a lot of work this week. Um, so I'm going to say, on a scale of maybe like one to 10, how close to kind of done with everything are you right now? Oh, I'm well past that. I mean, oh, you're well past ten, off the charts. Yeah, we're. If you will, to, I have to tie broken the, the chart. Graphs. I'm past that. My wow. saving grace is that the Germans played today and won three nothing and looked really good. So, hey, love to see silver that. lining. I admittedly watched about four minutes of the game when Leon happened to score, so mm-hmm. that also brightened my mood. Other than that, I have been glued to a computer, and that's probably why you are saying I look like a zombie. <laughs> I don't I'm not saying you look like a zombie. I'm saying that I'm just anticipating that you're going to be very sleepy. So I wanted to I think you look great. I yeah, for you. I definitely I look I look real hot right now. You're well, you're rocking the I'm assuming that's a Lowry jersey. Uh, it's, it's a Siakam one. I have. To, oh, it's a Siakam. I have oh. to get a Kyle Lowry jersey. I want you do now. Yeah, but I want the purple one. Mm-hmm. I'm picky. You got First of all, you gotta you gotta direct some choice words at me so I can find you fifty grand if you're wearing a Siakam jersey because that's you. I mean, you've you've been like under the gun, so I'm not sure if you saw that that happened. You saw that that happened, right? I saw there was I saw something on Twitter. He was fined. He wasn't fined. I don't really know what happened, but Sham said that he was fined after like in the after directing some some choice words to coach Nick Nurse in the fourth quarter of the game. And then the Raptors were like, nah, I wasn't fine. There was, it was a lot of stuff. We'll get into some Raptors talk on this. But first, let's jump into some headlines because you you need to eat. We all need to eat. But we also need to give the listeners some sweet, sweet hockey content. So how do we do that? OK, sounds good. Well, this is actually this is incredible news from an entertainment perspective right here. And also, I don't know from a health perspective, from an entertainment perspective, absolutely. Because the Canadian federal government has re- has agreed to reduce NHL player quarantine from 14 days to 7 um for for any players coming across the border from the states to Canada ahead of the April 12th trade deadline, which is gigantic. Because as we've seen pretty much the like pretty much everyone has said this is expected to be the slowest trade deadline of all time. You know, quarantine's a huge thing. No one wants to wait 14 days for them to be able to get a new player, this, that, or the other. And yet now going down from 14 to seven, that's monumental. You got to think so. Yeah. So just from an athletic standpoint too, there's a massive difference between seven and 14 days off. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to, in terms of like ramping a guy up from injury, specifically where goaltending is concerned. Yeah, that's huge. Um, the other thing is like they're they're gonna have to get tested daily, so it's it's good that to to kind of squeeze this down because um, they're still getting tested daily and uh, they're gonna have to return a certain amount of negative results to be able to um, participate anyways. But um, 
it's not only is the quarantine not as daunting, but now you don't have to worry about trying to ramp a player back up um, Mm -hmm. right at the end of the season, which is always hard and is basically asking for injury at that point. Um, So now I think with the seven days, uh, it'll really, it's a huge buyer's advantage now uh, because now teams like Montreal and Toronto and Winnipeg can be in on players that perhaps um, they would not have been able to be in on just for the quarantine purposes. So like Ekholm for Winnipeg comes to mind, Granlund for Toronto. I don't know what the hell Montreal is going to do, but I just think that it it opens it up a little bit more. Um, And so now there's, I, to me, it's a buyer's market anyways, but, uh, and now it's big time advantage. Well, this is, this is huge as well, because there have been a lot of players who would potentially be on the block who have essentially stated that they don't want to leave their teams and go to Canadian teams because they don't want to quarantine. Cal Palmieri is is one name. Eric Stahl's another name who've just been up, uh, who have reportedly been up front and saying, you know, I would, it would dissuade me. Seven days is a lot. Like it, like in the grand scheme of things for a quarantine, when you're alone, essentially, that's a lot. That's a big difference. Yeah, but so that could, there's also like a lot of teams like, okay, so you, you mentioned Kyle Palmieri um, and Eric Stahl, like those players have already had to quarantine for much longer than seven days this season because their teams were just in, Yes. absolute messes uh, but it'd be better now but now it's only seven days to get away exactly from that. Like, so like it's they not can't that... say oh it's too long like you already did it once you, you're fine exactly like that that is that open different. 14 is, is it, like in the span of quarantine like you know you and like i've been i live alone during all of this i've been going absolutely crazy and i can and i still see you and my dad essentially every week so that's different but like a four, 14 days on your own completely i did that, that earlier is, in the pandemic it was uh yeah man not fun that that's that's tough like that's a mental struggle on top of like and that and and getting traded is already a mental struggle in its own right like it's already you already have to pick up your entire sort of norm of where you are is changed athletes are very routine based so your entire routine is going to be changed your city you have to figure out what's happening with your potentially with your wife with your kids with your dogs like who's going to be you know you know dog sitting while while you're working on moving stuff or where you're going to live or which rental place you're going to have until the end of the season and on top of that, being kind of sequestered alone for 14 days is pretty ridiculous. Seven. I mean, that that complete that's that's su- I mean, having that is such a, a huge advantage. And this is this could essentially save the trade deadline because everyone was saying, like I said, I still think it's going to be boring. I think it'll be boring, but I don't think it'll be as boring. Right. Like, I do think we're going to get one or two extra trades that would like at least cross border trades that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for this. Right. Because. I mean, it's even in the grand scheme of like actual schedule, like the games because of all the post moments, like games are going to are starting to get super compressed now. And so 14 days, you might miss like nine games, eight games. Yeah. That's a lot so that you can't you, you just can't kind of risk that if you're giving up a first round pick or something for a rental. So that's huge. The biggest news, though, I think from, from just like a, a, a humanitarian standpoint is that he stay. Kyle. The one of the only people I care about to have not abandoned me during COVID, Kyle Lowry has stayed in Toronto. Um, he he was not traded, and and look, I think the fact that he didn't get traded, even though you know the I was following the whole thing on on Twitter. Obviously, Woj, by the way, just give a shout out to Adrian Wojnarowski, absolutely bodied Shams Sharania in the uh, uh, NBA Insider race arms race. Um, for the deadline, because it's usually between those two to see who can break it. Yeah, but we all quick. know Woj is the guy. 
Yeah, but that but like la- this free agency, like Shams took it up a notch. Like he was beating Woj to like every scoop, and then Woj came back revenge. Like because Woj mentored Shams. Exactly, and that's and what now, I'm saying. It's like okay. Yeah, they're competing, and I get that, but in the same way that, like, Bob Bob McKenzie is to hockey, like, it's cool, like, somebody not named Bob McKenzie broke something, like, that's cool, but you're still not Bob McKenzie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's, Woj it's... is Woj. And so I don't care how good Shams is, he will not be Woj in the same way that, like, I don't care how good any of the other people in hockey are, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, like, I know a lot of them and have, like, I, I like them all, but We've had a there's a reason podcast. he's called the Bob Father. Like, exactly. It's he's it's the king, it's like and ins- that's that. Like Shams is Anakin Skywalker, Woj is Obi Wan Kenobi, and no matter how no matter how powerful it looks like Shams is going to be, Obi Wan will all, Woj will always have the high ground. You go. don't get that. I do. Our our <laughs> our listeners will. So congratulations to Lowry. I'm glad that he's he's still. Well, he's not here technically. He's in Tampa, but you know, still he's, he's property of a Toronto sports team, which is great. Hopefully they can extend him and kind of rebuild on the fly. Another one is the, I'm assuming this is the Ottawa hockey analytics conference is Friday and Saturday. Yeah, You wanted to shout that out. Yeah. So, um, the Ottawa hockey or odd hack, uh, is today and Saturday, uh, registration's free. So you can just go to statsportsconsulting.com and, and register. Um, they've got some huge names. So we've got the big data cup that um, I'm actually on the judging panel with, with like Eric Tulski and Brian McDonald and Ozma Tuomi. Um, so we're going to have that. And then Saturday we got um, Megan Chaka, Mike Johnson. Um, we've got a prospect panel. It's going to be really good. And it's one of the ones it's, it's rare that it's free. And also Micah McCurdy will be making an appearance with his tiara mm. and you don't want to miss that. Ooh, so yeah, you can just huge. register online. They'll send you a zoom link and off you go. That's huge. All right. Now into some more, I would say like this is this is more of like comedic in like a joker sense where like you've just gone insane. So you start laughing because I I don't I can't picture a word like this has got to be the most bad luck, you know, not like tempting fate, something going everything going wrong season in in potentially sports history because the Sabres have put out a statement that due to covid protocols, their head coach and assistant coach will both have to have to self-isolate now and general manager barely qualified to be a general manager by the I way. I don't even know if he's qualified quite honestly. He, not qualified to be a general manager. General manager Kevin Adams will be behind the bench tonight. And yet after that against the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. After that announcement though, I know of at least two people who bet at least $100 on the Sabres winning tonight. Because and as we will. Oh, so three. So I know three people now who who have done that. If you didn't if you're not looking at this, but Rachel just raised her hand. So I did that because I didn't want you telling the greater public. But well, (laughs) you can't just do that. And this is an audible medium, auditory medium. I'm going to I'm going to tell the tapestry of the story. I also didn't put $100 on it. I'm that stupid. Okay. well, I do know some people who are that stupid whose names rhyme with Beave Bangle and they are absurdly dumb especially considering and as we get into the some of the tim peel stuff the uh the track record of gambling that they've yeah, had this week. i might actually cash out that bet now that i know that he's done it because he, exactly it's, it's bad juju right there okay um, so it, but, but it seems like murphy's law with the sabers know, this right? year. like basically everything that can go wrong will go wrong it, it this might be like if you didn't believe it but they also I don't know, deserve maybe it. like yeah if you didn't believe in like karma or anything like that, or like, like this, this might make any someone like become religious because they're going to be like, there is no way to explain this other than God is punishing this team. 
honestly, fair. <laughs> because it's gotten to the point, like, I, I've never seen a more, and we're going to get into this in, it, you know, it, later in plot points, but I've never seen a more moribund stretch from a franchise ever. And this was, and like, I lived through the horror check leaves. Like, we lived through the horror check leaves. No, yeah, like, this where, is where way you, worse. Like, literally nothing mattered. Like, we were laughing during that. We were like, oh my God, like, Tim Erickson is on the top pair. Haha, <laughs> oh, Eric, like, Eric Brewer's 1000th game ceremony where no one knew who the hell he was. And he was like, hey, I'm cool. I'm happy to be here, whatever. Like, we were laughing kind of through that. No one's laughing in Buffalo. This is not even funny anymore. Oh, yeah, like, no. This is just Our man sad. Dwayne, Dwayne Steinel, that guy is beside is he himself. even alive Have you seen anymore? His post games? That man is beside himself. No. Is he alive still? Oh, like, you bet. I, I was talking to him today. Prayers up to Dwayne. By the way, thank you, Dwayne, for sh- for shouting out our podcast when we when we talked about uh, Kruger getting fired because that was absolutely hilarious. But yeah, no, this is Murphy's Law. Like, you you have a coach who's not qualified, so then you fire him to bring on another coach who's basically not who's you know I would say maybe not qualified to be an NHL head coach has no experience. They go into COVID, so then you bring in. Your GM, who's kind of who made all these moves, who didn't even be qualified, who isn't even qualified to be a general manager in the first place, and is only there because of your crappy owners to be the coach. So now he's and the he's coach. Co- yeah, it's, things are going well. I, I can't <laughs> think of a worse sequence of events to subject. Like again, and I, I know that you probably have some insight to this, but imagine being Taylor Hall. Like you signed in Buffalo solely to pad your stats, so you with Jack Eichel, so you could get a big money contract. And like, there's there's a there's a famous comic story called the Flashpoint Paradox, where the where the Flash's mom gets murdered when he's a kid. Okay. And and he goes and because he's so fast as the Flash as an adult, he runs so fast that he goes back in time to try and prevent the murder of his mom, and he does. But it turns out that that like that him doing that set like set the the you know the events of the future off like crazy, and so when he goes back. To, to present time everything's different and the world's at war and he's essentially created like a do like a, a doomsday dystopia kind of world and i feel like taylor hall is about to do that <laughs> i feel like taylor hall is about to find time travel to go back in time to free agency to find a way to undo him signing but then when in buffalo but then when he goes back to present time it'll be like you know, Trump has gained like um, omnipotous powers and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really like down that. to be messing with the exactly space time continuum. It'll be COVID 20 that we'll get instead. Like it'll be, yeah, it'll be crazy. I don't, I don't know this, if I want to go down that road. And our last headline here, this is something that broke just before we started recording and it's extremely important and extremely distressing as well. Cause it's just another, another terrible pockmark on the league as we've seen or on not in the league on on hockey really and its culture is the seattle thunderbirds have cut two players for racially taunting player makai sanders are we allowed to say their names yeah so okay um i i would say this (laughs) i am very surprised pleasantly that the thunderbirds took this action so essentially they used a racial slur and waved a banana at the only black player on the team. Which Are you is fucking kidding abhorrent, me? Abhorrent, to say the least. What? Yeah. Um. And the season, like, it, it was in the week oh leading up to the Thunderbirds season. Um. And the victim, so Makai Sanders, said he wasn't comfortable with those players remaining on the team, and rightfully so. And so the Seattle yeah, no released shit. a statement. Um. Basically saying we've released the players and the organization has a zero tolerance policy for comments and actions that are racially insensitive. 
Um, the Western Hockey League also has that same policy. Not really sure how well they abide by that. But it's good to see that um, the GM basically sent the guy, the two involved home pending investigation. And when it came out, what had happened, he cut them. And of note, one of the players who was cut and told not welcome back for this year or next year is was actually likely going to be an NHL draft pick. Wow. So I wonder what happens there. It's also not that a team would pick them up, but it's also past the WHL trade deadline. So they're actually not eligible to play anywhere else in the WHL this year. Good. So that's not only is that a full year lost of development, and I would say it rightfully deserved, um, but they've also been told they're not welcome back. Uh, they've already been scrubbed from the team website. Wow. Um, and I'm not sure if this has scholarship implications but I would I hope so. guess that it likely does. I hope so. Um, but like, yeah, those the two players involved, um, Brendan Williamson and Kai Uchaz. Um, and the second one was the one that was kind of up for the NHL draft this year. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens there. Uh, hopefully everyone's learned from the Mitchell Miller incident and we don't deal with that again. But yeah, that's it's pretty disheartening to see. Um, and I'm not exactly going to hand out a medal to Seattle for doing the bare minimum, but the at least minimum. they did it. Yeah, that you know what? Absolutely. Like they didn't like this is the bare minimum, but they acted. It seemed like they acted. They swiftly. acted pretty swiftly. Yeah. And like scrubbing them from the website already, like having like just I'm very glad because a lot of a lot of these teams are kind of dragged kind of to do this kicking and screaming. But it seemed like Seattle, this seems like a, like a meaningful gesture. This seems like, like there was actual intent behind this to be like, all right, we found like, you guys did what? This has happened. Okay. Fuck you guys. Yeah. You're gone. So yeah, I think that's extremely important. All right. Let's go to plot points. What's trending up? What's trending down in the NHL in the last couple days? Trending down is the NHL's logic somehow still. No, that's Um, not possible. We haven't even touched the referee stuff yet. That's our deep dive. Spoiler alert. But this this tweet is potentially the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Okay. And or at least in, at least recently, because it just goes to show how the NHL, for no reason whatsoever, makes things as needlessly complicated as humanly possible. I would say so it's exceedingly Le- dumb, but not as dumb as allowing fans into your building after you had to postpone games due to your team getting covid okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay you got me you got me there all right you got me there but pierre lebrun fires out this this whopper okay. of a tweet on at eight twenty two a.m today saying if you're confused why the official nhl standings on its own site say l7 for the saber streak which means they've lost their last seven the saber streak again it's because they're on a 15 game winless streak Oh, 13 and two, not losing streak. As per the way the NHL does its record keeping, a losing streak are losses in 60 minutes. Now, let me ask you a question, Rachel. Have the Sabres won a game in their last 15 contests? Then they're on a 15 game fucking losing streak. What that, the way that is explained is it should be points accrued so the way the nhl does it is basically if you because if the sabers were to lose an ot it would be marketed as otl 
right? Yeah, it's a loss. Right, but because there's a because the NHL has a stupid three-point system, which we talked about last podcast, they have a pity point, they can't write it as L15. If the NHL just went to a record of wins and losses, then L15 would be what's there. Unbelievably dumb. Unbelievably yep, dumb. Yeah, just another this reason has, to get rid of the pity point. This has no bearing over the quality of my life whatsoever. And yet, I am outraged oh, by see, this. Oh, see, I could not care less. <laughs> like, the, like, it's funny how certain things stick in my craw, because this is one, I saw this today, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I am so mad at this right now. Why? Like, why the hell are we doing this? Why are you making it so complicated? Yeah. They've lost 15 games. Have they won in 15 games? No. But they have gotten then, a point, and that's maybe what that column should say. It's so, like, we're living in a phantom zone here, where it's like, you haven't lost, you haven't won, but you haven't lost. You're winless. Ooh, you're in this purgatory. No, like, if you... I mean, we're not going to change it. We're not going to change it, but like it, I don't know why. I don't know. I I'm think just, you're I, very worked up over something that isn't that. Am I taking crazy pills yes. here? Like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. I don't think it's um, that big of a deal. I think I, it's not that big of a deal. It has no bearing on my quality of life whatsoever. And yet it has driven me up the wall all damn day. Speaking of things that are trending up, Connor McDavid's defensive play. Look at that. He the has best player- actually, I was, so Jack Fraser um, wrote an article a while back about how McDavid's defensive play has actually been really good this year. Mm. And I was like, um, what? Excuse me, sir. And then I went and watched. And yeah, the numbers now, Rachel, support it. Like if you go to Evolving Wild, where he almost broke the chart last year for being that bad defensively. Um, mm-hmm. And he is very much improved this year. Um, now, Rachel, his expected when you, when you, goals numbers are much better. His possession numbers are much better. The team is not getting caved in when he's on the ice. And then he just happens to score. Um, and I think... We, that he needs to be appropriately recognized because everyone for years now has said like, it's great that he, what he provides offensively, he's the best offensive player, but all around, absolutely not because he does not know what the defensive zone is Mm -hmm. and that you can't say that this year because he has been contributing obviously offensively and defensively. And so for my money this year, like he has to win the heart. Like he just has to. Yeah, Yeah. Because he's not only is he the best player in the league, but now he's shown he's valuable at all, in all areas of the ice. And the Oilers, as much as like we like to dump on them, they are better this year. And I would say mm-hmm. they are better because they don't get scored on as much when McDavid is on the ice. Now, Rachel, when you watched the games to, to understand this about Conor McDavid, did you grasp the context of the situation? Did you grasp the context so you could properly assess it, or or do you? Are, I do. Um, there are currently planes flying by my window right now, so I apologize if you can hear that because I can't even hear Mike. So there's that. But um, yes, I do know about the context of the game, contrary mm-hmm. to what our man in Edmonton thinks. Very good, very good. Trending up as well is we talked about karma with the Buffalo Savers. A guy who who has clearly shown that he just loves to tempt the universe, does not give a shit about it, is Francesco Aquilini. The injuries who, tweet is my favorite thing on Twitter right now. Injuries. Oh my God. Um, sir, your team is just bad. 
There's no... Having or not having Elias Pettersson has nothing to do with your bottom six because he's never there. Noted, noted virgin, um, according to, to Paul Bissonette, um, Mr. Booth. I love uh, Mr. Booth. <laughs> he, he was like, I can't parody this guy anymore. He's just like, he is the parody. Yeah. Like he tweeted like, so g- thankful that <laughs> Travis Boyd became available. Injuries! Exclamation mark. Ridiculous. But he, so he put up the tweet of like, you know, not sure why we were so dismal to start the season. You know, whatever that tweet were. But like, look at what we're, look at the run we're on right now. Like goaltending. Yay. Um, goaltending. The only, they had lit- worse numbers than the Buffalo Sabres, but Demko was literally, Demko's in the Vesna conversation. Oh, 100. Demko is putting together like behind Vasilevsky, Flurry, and Grubauer. Demko's been probably the best goalie this year. What this guy has done, like he his contract like, is gonna be it's hilarious. gonna be nuts. I'm really thankful that he finally paid off for the, the Canucks. They, you know, sunk like six, seven years of of resources into him. But I, what I love about Demko is he can be super, extremely average to mediocre, and then turn on a level of goaltending. That mind fucks another team yeah, and then so turns hard. Hashik. Exactly. Like I've never seen a guy be able to flip a switch and become like so unbeatable. He's the reason why Vegas didn't make the cup final. Yeah. Because even though Vegas beat him, they were so mentally rattled by him in the conference final you could tell. that they just that they just couldn't score. They were like they it was it was like they had some trauma or something. It was crazy. But ever ever since Francesco Aquilini sent that tweet, if not sure why we were so dismal to start the season, but look at the run we're on now, the Canucks, and he sent that on March 15th, the Canucks do not have a single regulation win since. And I just <laughs> want to know. That's kind of funny. It's hilarious. I want to know when they're going to learn. When these people are going to learn that when you tempt fate like this, fate's going to tempt you right back. Yeah, just like because shush. it happens. Things are going well. They probably shouldn't be going well, but like shush. Because Don't say as, and and this will be a great way to 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 segue into our deep dive. Steve Dangle, two days or I guess twenty four hours ago, tweeted uh, during the during the whole uh, uh, Tim Peel thing where they were like the NHL is going to be investigating Tim Peel. Went sell your car, sell your house, sell your children if you can, right? And put all and put all that money on the NHL doing nothing about this. And then precisely ten minutes later, it was. <laughs> Tim Peel will never work in NHL game again. And he went, oh. Yeah, but he technically rough. wasn't even fired, so. No, he wasn't. And we'll get into that, I guess, right now. But before we do that, quick word from our sponsors. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo! Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's 
No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. All right. The piece de resistance, the, the creme de la creme, the topic I've been itching to discuss with you ever since it happened, the Nashville Predators ended Tim Peel's career. Did you see what Matt Duchesne said on the radio the other day? No, what'd he say? Okay, so he went on some, I believe it was like the Nashville ESPN station. Yeah. And he talked about how Tim Peel's definitely not the only one who does this. Oh, yeah. Um, and he talked about how, like, he's annoyed when it happens because he's like, why, why, why don't you just call the actual penalties? Don't worry Ma- about the Matthew makeup Shane calls. Is all of us. He also said this to the Predators bench. He wasn't talking to the Red Wings. He was talking to the Preds when he said that. Tim Peel? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, apparently he was talking the... to, like, Philip Forsberg. But why was he talking, like... Why the context of his actual quote doesn't it make sense? It literally makes in that. no sense. Other, I don't think that's well, true. I'm, that, I've now heard it from three people in the Nashville organization that it was said to the Preds. Why would he refer to the Nashville bench like what? Like when I'm talking to you, I'm not referring to you in the third person. Like he was referring to them in the third person. Why is that? That is why didn't he just say like I, when they when so when officials talk about teams, they don't say like oh I got to get a penalty on you guys or whatever. They yeah. always mention the team. I don't even when they're talking to the the team that they're mentioning. Pretty much, yeah. I've, I've okay. I've, so I guess that's been a thing for a while that I've heard about. I guess that makes. But that, yeah, Duchesne came out thing. and said um, he was talking to Forsberg, and that something similar was said to the Preds bench. And then I spoke to two people within the Preds organization who also said the same thing. So I'm gonna go with that's probably what happened. So just to low down on what actually happened, Tim Peel, um, I think it was during the second period of the uh, Red Wings, um, Red Wings Panthers, Red Wings Predators game was caught on a hot mic, which is a mic that is recording. But I guess. So what happened was the broadcast going to break. They thought they'd already cut to commercial and the broadcast uh, was still up. And the guy who was in charge of the ref mics was testing mm-hmm. the mic to make sure that it was still working because they do that kind of stuff in commercial breaks, but didn't realize that they hadn't actually cut to commercial. So officials Incredible. during commercial breaks, they'll either talk in the ref circle. It's an opportunity for players to go over and talk to them. It's an opportunity for them to talk to the bench. Like that's kind of what happens during a commercial break. And a lot of times, um, somebody like a Philip Forsberg or a Roman Yossi or whomever, like a member of the leadership group, will speak to officials at the break just to kind of relay some feedback, right? Good, bad, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess this guy wasn't paying attention to the fact that they hadn't cut to break and tested the microphone. 
and doing the Lord's work. I, I'm, I well, would now say. it's like if it wasn't what everybody knows to be true. It, there's the CBC article on the situation had the perfect headline, which is Tim Peel said the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Like he was caught on a mic saying he was trying to find like essentially like conjure up a penalty to Nashville to even out the calls. In the yeah. Game. So Dom actually did uh, one of his 16 stats this week was the fact that mm-hmm. like most NHL refs keep the penalty deferential in a game at one. They sure do. Which you can't tell me for like one second that it just somebody works like that Buffalo way. playing somebody like the Islanders shouldn't have a higher penalty differential or like the Leafs playing the Sens. Like you're telling mm-hmm. me that McDavid and Matthews and Crosby, they should have penalty differentials of like plus a thousand. Like you're telling me that they only they only draw uh, drew one more penalty than they're clearly inferior to. No way. Yeah, like I someone tweeted like McDavid hasn't drawn a penalty in three games, and I'm like, ah, uh, well. It should be on. concerning if he hasn't done that in like three shifts, like with how good he is. Yeah, like people commit penalties on McDavid every shift, and they just don't call them. Call it, and I guarantee you, it'll stop in the same way that it stopped in the o four o five lockout aftermath. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he was basically caught. Um, fixing a game right this is a game this is a game fix this impacts this impacts and the flow I think that's of the game. where the nhl runs into trouble now because they're trying to get heavy into gambling and you cannot even though the nba has it like that was pretty ridiculous like i would say we complain about the nba refs but the reality is, is they protect the stars. It's not even makeup calls. It's protecting the stars. That's essentially, that's, that's the biggest flaw in NBA. Exactly. There's, it's, it's way less, ma- I would say that like most of the fouls they call are actual fouls. If you yeah. just like remove LeBron James from that category. When I'm, when I'm watching an NBA game, I like, other than the star protecting stuff, I'm not able to predict essentially when, like which team is going to have the next foul. Like I can do that. Yeah. Like, Money puck has they now have a ha- ha- like, like a um, percentage or expectancy. A, yeah, so money puck added in lieu of what's happened. They've added uh, the calculation. They always had it, but they never made it public. Um, they've added the calculation to their like in-game um, tracker uh, team most likely to get the and next it's, penalty. I've seen it like pay off like multiple times. Like I've seen them mean like bingo. Can I tell you how much? So I bet on a site that allows me to bet on who gets the next penalty, like what team Jeez. gets the next penalty. Can I tell you how much money I've made off of the, those? Bets Absolutely. Alone? Like well over $5,000. Holy Jesus. Yeah. Where, where is this? I got to get I'm in on this. I'm not saying what website it is, but yeah, like it's so, I mean, like, oh, yep, that's easy. That's insane. Done. Wow. Well, it's, hey, it, like, we... And you literally, like, I'm not even joking you. If I were to pull up the tracker, because I track on, like, what mm-hmm. I bet and, like, win-loss kind of thing, I remember looking at it, I want to say, like, last week. That penalty tracker, I, ha- I have gotten correct over 80, 80% of, of the course. time. Of course. Because it's so predictable. That's a lot. <laughs> it is... It, alters the fabric of the game so tim peel it was it was now this is even when the nhl throws the book at someone it's in the most cowardly way possible because tim peel i mean 
he was told, or they put out a statement saying Tim Peel will no longer ref in the NHL. And everyone's like, whoa, big deal. Until it came out, like, literally right after that, that Tim Peel was going to retire at the end of the season. And he wasn't fired. Right, because if they fire him, then he loses his yes. pension. So he, he keeps his benefits, his pension, everything. They're just removing him from the rotation. He's not fired. They're just saying he's not, right. like, we need to change the, we need to change the, the, wording here because everyone keeps saying fired nhl x nhl ref he's not an x nhl ref i was told that basically had he not been retiring this year there would have been like a lengthy suspension without he's already been suspended which is funny enough he's already been suspended one game for being pictured out drinking at a bar with a reporter which is greg wasinski which doesn't yeah that's stupid make sense but um honestly like I would say that obviously the NHL did the right thing by removing him because you can't have that. But if they don't actually say we're going to undergo a comprehensive review of the standard of officiating and game management, then it doesn't mean anything. Because the reality of the situation is I when I was working in New Jersey, every single night, like every single game night in New Jersey based on like the path I had to walk to to do my work, I'd always walk by the officials mm-hmm. room. And so I got to know more than a few of them really well, just in short conversations, like whatever the case may be. And the edict from the, like how the officials call the game comes from the mandate that the NHL gives them. I had multiple officials say to me, if the NHL told us that we had to crack down, we would crack down. Oh, of course. Like they're, they're the pawns. Like you don't think Wes McCauley wants to call the ridiculous boarding penalties like yeah absolutely he wants to call them and he actually does call them more than almost any other official i've noticed but the cra- the mandate is let the players play and, and just manage the game well that shouldn't be what the mandate is you're not there to manage the game you're there to officiate it there's also a difference between managing the game and makeup calls managing the game is like neglecting to call certain penalties or calling them at certain times Makeup calls are fabricating a penalty, essentially, because yeah. you want the scales to be even. Well, did you see what John Tavares said about Yeah, it? I did. So Tavares comes out and is like, well, I don't know if we want a face-off violation penalty in the last mi- minute of the third period. Well, if you don't want that, then don't commit a penalty. Also, like the Leafs won, uh, Steve Dangle pointed this like, out, what? the Leafs won a playoff game against Washington when that literally happened. Like it's... Yeah, like... If you don't want a penalty in the last minute don't of a commit game, one. then don't take a penalty. It's not hard. Follow the rules. Now, let me just say this. When this came out, the first thought that came to my head was, of course, it's Tim Peel. It would have it like the prophecy hath been fulfilled. No one else. It would have okay, been no I one would, else. I want to say I wasn't surprised that it was Tim Peel, but I definitely think it could have been other officials that I will not. But name. he is the he is the one where I'm like. This guy sucks. He has a track record of sucking. And of course it was going to be him. It could have been anyone given the Mike situation. Like I like it could have been literally any ref. You're literally going to have an instance now where instead of um, officials actually wanting to get better in the league, changing their mandate, all it's all, the only thing that's probably going to come out of this is refs will refuse to wear mics. And honestly, I would, too. Yeah. But like we it should be the opposite. Like refs should wear like you, you need to be able to be scrutinized because you're in fact, like I said, you're affecting, you're affecting the game. Do you know that the NHL and like hockey as a whole is, I believe, like the only one of the only major sports to not have officials have to answer questions after the game. Cowards. So in FIFA, 
there's a pool reporter, not to mention in FIFA, if they don't like how you officiated a game, they will send you down to like three leagues. Well, lower. that's what the KHL they don't did. care. They like some refs missed some ridiculous calls in a playoff in a playoff game. So they straight up sent them down. Now, Tim Peel has been notoriously like essentially barred from from refing any game, any playoff games past the second round. Yeah, it's exceedingly rare that a, an official he's one of the most senior officials in the league with like almost 1350 games draft and he's only ref 90 playoff games like that tells you all you need to know whereas to like if you were to look at Wes McCauley like I guarantee you Wes McCauley has refed like probably well over 200 now this is like this is an article from Greg Wyshynski from 2014 and it's titled the continuing adventures of Tim Peel terrible NHL referee and that's from 2014 there are seven more years of shit after that to pile on. And it's already like, you know, a 1500 word article like he, Tim Peel is bad. He's also the only he's also the only official to get to, to score a goal in an NHL game with his dick and balls. So congratulations to him. Yeah. So Wes McCauley, by uh, comparison, has eleven hundred NHL mm-hmm. games. Rest, so two hundred less. Then they, and he has 165 yes. playoff games, including three Stanley Cup finals. Okay, yeah. So clearly the NHL was... I actually was, think he has more than three Stanley Cup finals, but... It goes to show that this is a guy, like, he has 1,343 regular season games. And for him to only have ref 90 playoff games, I mean, that's that shows that even your own employer was like, ah. I, feel, I also feel like it was any other ref. So there's also Justin St. Pierre, who has 1,000 games officiated and eight playoff games. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. It's. But look, like Eric Furlat, he has 1,200 games and uh, 139 playoff games. Brad Meyer, 1,300 or almost 1,400 games, actually, and only 89 playoff games. He's actually a pretty good ref, so that kind of surprises me. But realistically, you don't get playoff games until you're, you've refed at least like 500 games because for like obvious reasons. Yeah. Tim Peel has ref three times that many, and he's only gotten 90 in his career. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, but this is also a huge problem because gambling has now become a huge part of the sport, and it's only going to get bigger. Like, media, every everything, whenever I talk to people about media, I'm like, listen, get into gambling, because there's going to be a big boom, and people who are good at it are going to, like, places are going to need to hire yep. for these jobs. And gambling is going to be huge in hockey. It already is like blossoming a ton and it shouldn't affect the money line who the ref should who the refs are and it it's going to have to like this is this is uh, like sites are essentially going to be like listen like this is yeah. a match fix if you're if you're fabricating penalties and call like tim peel has essentially fabricated like there there are times in the past where tim peel has fabricated like you know um to try and get makeup calls He's, you know, fabricated embellishment penalties. And there's one specific one. I think it was in 2014 with the Ducks where Sammy Vatnin, you know, they need to make a makeup call. And Sammy Vatnin was like decked or tripped. He was tripped. And everyone was and even the broadcast was fooled. And it, when it was revealed that Tim, Tim Peel called an embellishment penalty on him. And then the opposing team went on to score and win that game because of that power play. It impacts the game. So this is not like this should be viewed. And this is this should be viewed. In the same in the same way as like a Pete Rose, like you're you're like Tim Peel doesn't like you. You have a an ulterior motive to the actual like flow of the game. It's an ulterior motive to the natural 
outcome of the game. You don't like who, who wins or loses, whatever, but like, you're like the penalties need to be even. So we're going to, like I said, like conjure up these penalties, these phantom penalties that are going to impact who wins and who loses, which then impacts a lot of people who like a lot of people's money, which impacts a lot of companies money, which can be a big, big problem. And I guarantee you, any gambling, any gambling company that's making deals with the league or potentially going to enter into them, there have been meetings about this. Yes. Ever since this has come out. You have to think Absolutely. That. Because it's something that they want to get into. And um, the reality of the situation is, is you just can't have things like that happening. Think about, like, even just from an accountability standpoint, um, there are other sports, so football, um, soccer Mm -hmm. basketball baseball all are much more into gambling than hockey is and i i would say that while there isn't a whole lot of accountability in some of those sports like the nba has the last two minute report um that gets put out um soccer you have a pool reporter where you have to answer and they'll also just like like they fired a ref in the middle of a world cup once like it was crazy they sent him home from brazil if he's screwing things up then good if you're not doing your job, then you deserve and like, like yeah. So in hockey, there's not only is there no accountability whatsoever, but this whole culture around like nobody throw anybody under the bus. There can't be oh a pool reporter right now because the appropriate answer from every official would be this is the mandate from the NHL. They would just throw the NHL under the mm-hmm. bus. And you know what? They should. I'm just following orders. Absolutely. So like the league, the league diagnosed themselves with this, with this illness and then treated as like treated a symptom of it. And now they think they're cured. No, like this is, this is a self-inflicted thing. And we come back to every issue with the NHL is they're all self-inflicted. They're all things they've done to themselves. Your chickens were going to come home to roost eventually. You couldn't keep right. fixing your games like this and, and, and expect it to just go on unnoticed. Like everyone knew it was happening. We just, like no one in a position of power had said it out loud, so we couldn't pinpoint it. And now the NHL finally, finally, like they were, they were forced to confront this, and they did the most limp-wristed move in. Yeah, we're just going to remove, not even fire, but remove this ref who's going to retire at the end of the, like at the end of the season anyway. We're not going to impact him. Yeah. See, for me, it would have been interesting to see if it was um, a more junior official who wasn't retiring what the that'd be curious would have been what do you think it would have been i think uh from what i know um it likely would have been a, a pretty lengthy suspension and no playoff games yeah well tim peel's already got the no playoff games already so i mean not much yeah. would have changed it'll be interesting to see who they elect to have uh for playoff officials this year because it seems like more than ever there are newer more fresh face officials mm-hmm. um you'd have to think that we're going to get a steady stream of Wes McCauley and uh, Eric Furlat and Brad Meyer. Mm-hmm. Like you want your experienced officials, but it'll be interesting to see how they weave in uh, some of the younger guys, maybe somebody like Frederick Lecurier or uh, Jocelyn and bear. Like, they probably will. Uh, some of those guys. Well, they're going to have to, you can't just have three. Officials. Get some fresh blood in there. Like, let's go. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see what happens, but you know what? The reality of the situation is we, we have spent 20 minutes talking about mm-hmm. officiating and we haven't mentioned the person who's probably most responsible for this entire thing. Who? Colin Campbell. Don't even you say that name. This is the man who was literally caught in the 2011 yep. Stanley Cup final 
pressuring officials to not call penalties on his son who was playing. That is a level of conflict of interest that I can't even compute. The fact that he's still employed by the league after that is despicable. Right. And then he had, remember when the emails came out? Yep. And he was talking about like guys faking He was mocking people with, with concussion symptoms. Yeah. Like the fact that that guy is the guy in charge of the officials should scare everyone. Cole, first of all. For the safety of the players. He doesn't give a rat's anyone ass. Anyone who goes by Colin instead of Colin is just a fucking dickhead anyway. Like just go by. Yeah, just go by Colin. Thing. Don't be. Don't like. Why are you making this complicated? He's perfect for the NHL. But he's the prototypical like Clarence Campbell, Colin Campbell. Now we have Gregory Campbell. Like, he's the, yeah. But the thing is, is. The player, like, so I refed in minor hockey, mm-hmm. and I have a few good friends who ref junior hockey, and they say, basically, we call the game the way the league tells us to call the game. Of course. And the way we were told when I was refing minor hockey is, you call the game the way the league wants you to call the game. So, like, the league was super strict on um, hitting from behind, head hits, um, any type of, like, yippy, mm-hmm. unsportsmanlike conduct. Like, they were tight on that, so we called it, Right. The NHL, not tight on any of that. No. So, and that decision comes from Colin Campbell. So, until that dinosaur gets out, the honestly, you know who should be running that friggin' who? department? Ray Ferraro. Ray Ferraro should be running every department. That's what we've concluded on this podcast. Because he had, he just put out two yeah, tweets. The they other summed day it up perfectly. Talking about how until the officials have the support and the backing of the league to make those calls, they will not make them. I want to see one someone go rogue. I want to see. I want it to be Wes McCauley because he is the best official in the mm-hmm. league. And what is the NHL going to do? Like it, I want, I, they they can't afford to not. I want have the them. I want the NHL or I want the refs to to like sort of gain a well they can't fire all of us mentality. And just go rogue. Just be like, we're going to call the game the way we see it. And because none of us want to get put in a Tim Peel position ever again. And you know what's super interesting is I believe a lot of these officials actually have their double IHF certification as well. That doesn't mean they ref in the Olympics, but, they can. but it means they yeah. can. And if they're capable of officiating to the double IHF standard, then please, like, you're capable of calling... A boarding if you penalty. breathe on Just someone in WI, double IHF, you get a penalty. Like it's yeah, it, yeah. Like, and honestly, I would much rather prefer. I'd that. rather that. Like I because then we don't have people like Tom Wilson hitting people from behind every game and getting away with it. We don't like in that case. We don't like people think this is a safety hazard too. Like there are players who like in oh yeah, guys, you're getting hurt. Like if you if you've racked up a lot of penalties, you kind of have free reign for the rest of the game because at least you know like they're gonna. They're going to try and unless you do something crazy, they're like, they're not going to call anything on you. Like if you. So somebody did a study and I forget who it was. Um, it might have just been a private one. I don't mm. know if it was ever made public, but we're making it public now. Um, essentially, the study was if you get called for a penalty in the first period, like as a player, the likelihood that you get a second penalty in that game is like less than two percent. Well, they they clearly didn't apply that to the GTHL because let me tell you, I I must have set the record for multi penalty games in that league. And man, I took almost no. Penalties. Uh, you and I were the complete opposite. I got a ref fired for. Oh yeah, no, I got a ref fired for in, in in enacting a personal vengeance on me because he used to be my coach, and this is this is the coach that kicked a kid on my team and got suspended by the league. 
Um, and then two years later, he showed up refing one of my games and called me for a phantom call. And I'm like, really? And he was just like, all right, you're out of the game. And my coach lost it. Three players on my team lost it. They all got kicked out. And then, and then my dad was like, Hey, like, can we do something about this? And they submitted to the league and now he's never allowed to ref in the GTHL ever again. So, well, there you go. Yeah. See, and there you go. You have your league mandate. Don't, if, if the, if, Honestly, it's not going to change while Colin Campbell's at the league. It just, it won't. I mean, read the goddamn well, emails yeah. or like any of that. Like Canucks fans have every right to absolutely Oh my God, he cost the them a cup. He cost them a cup. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so for me, like. And Tim Peel worked that series. <laughs> yep. It, I don't think anything's going to change until. Colin um, Campbell goes away. Until Campbell's out. And he, Kerry Fraser said that. He was asked about it and he said, listen, the, the refs ref to the to the standard that the NHL tells them to. And so if the NHL wants the, the game called tighter, then they got to issue that mandate. But until they issue it, the refs won't call it because they won't have the backing of the league. So that's kind of that. Oh, my God. It's just... <sighs> Cool. Like, you know how I said when I think of a hockey man, the na- like the, the picture that conjures in my head is Dale Talon? It should be Ray Shiro. I think it's a comp. Yes, it probably should. But it's a combination of Colin Campbell and Dale Talon. Like, it's, it's those two melded together. Just terrible, awful, horrendous at their jobs. The difference between Talon and Campbell, apart from, like, the accusations, is the fact that, like, Campbell's father was involved with the league, and that's how Colin mm-hmm. got... Um, involved with the league in the same way like that also happened to Ray and now Ray's son true yeah nepotism so like it's very hockey men and are we surprised that one of the leaders of the 200 hockey men is causing this kind of nonsense no. No. every day I wake up and I, I chastise my father for not being the commissioner of the NHL so then I could then in- enact my terrible vision onto the league because that's apparently the only way you're able to do it all right, we've talked enough about officiating. Tim Peel, your career, we're not going to miss you. Like, I, I, he's, this is, now that I know, now that I know that this guy is not losing his job, he's not losing his pension, his life will not be affected in any way other than not refing NHL games, I can say, I do not have any sympathy for you. You are a terrible referee. You shouldn't have been refing games up until this point. This is a long overdue punishment for you, and I have no sympathy. Go away and never touch the sport of hockey ever again. <laughs> That's so mean. It's true. He, look, he's he's not like I would I would be much more lenient if this is a guy who lost his job because I go, OK, you never want anyone to lose their job. Like that's a real sticking point, like all this. But he didn't. He just got removed from the rotation for being a sh- just early. He just got removed from the rotation while keeping everything that he possibly needed to by being a shit, being a shit referee for his entire career. And it finally caught up to him. Good riddance. You're done. Yeah. Now, you did change the Kovalev shift a bit here, but I do want to shout out quickly the all female broadcast for the Raptors. Yo, they killed they absolutely it. killed it. I like I, I'm a big basketball fan, but I even still learned more about basketball in that like in that broadcast than could we discuss Kia Nurse for a abs- sec? Oh, I would love to discuss Kia Nurse. She literally was in within the span of 24 hours, did analysis for men's mm-hmm. NCAA, women's NCAA, uh, and then went and did color for an NBA game. Also, she plays in the WNBA. Like <laughs> Remarkable. Remarkable. How? Kia Nurse is, like... She was unbelievable last night. There is nothing... Like, first of all, she is gonna... Like, I would not be surprised if when she's done playing, like, she'll be, like, headlining ESPN's coverage, I bet. 
Oh, she better like, for sure. Like she'll like she'll hit the she'll hit the uh, the point where, I mean, she's going to the states. Like, honestly, okay. So I'll say this: I thought all of the other women mm-hmm. did a fantastic job. Like Kate, Megan, absolutely, they all Kayla, did a great job. Um, yeah, Amy and and Kia, they all did a great job, and I liked what Kate said to kick off the broadcast that like representation matters, and if you can see it, like then uh, like every girl's dream is possible and and that's all well and good and kate does raptors games anyway so it's good to have that representation Mm -hmm. there um but kia nurse sometimes i think and we see this in in hockey too um they have former players whether they're male or female and Sometimes they're good at analysis, but they're not good at color commentary. Or sometimes they're good at color commentary, but they're not really good at the intermission mm-hmm. analysis part of it. And that it's kind of a rock and a hard place because if you get rid of them, then you have the woke crowd that is, is very upset. But the reality of the situation is, is they're just not polished mm-hmm. yet. And so they, we need to work on that. Kia Nurse is unbelievable at what she does whether it's playing basketball or commentating on it she's unbelievable she's a goddamn superstar like she is a broadcast you you what you did last night is you watched a star essentially like shine as bright as it ever has and you you know someone told me that do you know who was most excited for kia nurse to do color jack armstrong oh i bet like the key i heard from multiple people that jack was amped about this and, happening and she hit us with a get that garbage out of here oh like, she killed it i loved oh. it but i just like see the one thing that i find is different uh in basketball whether it's jack or leo mm-hmm. or now kia is that i don't know if the game allows for this more but you get more of the nuanced play analysis so like jack used yeah. to coach leo used to coach a kia play so you get more of that whereas like Let's remove Mike and Ray mm. because they're fantastic at what they do and we get that type of analysis from them. But pretty much like almost anybody else, I find it is more of like, okay, like this is what ha- what's happening. But the, there's no context there and it's it's not n- inherently nuanced. Like there's not a lot there. Um, and I don't know if maybe the sport doesn't lend itself to that, but I found that I was watching the Raptors last night and I wasn't even really watching because I was typing mm. my thesis – but I was hearing it and I was learning more about basketball and the schematics and and things from Kia because she was providing that within the context of the game. And I think that that's so different from what we expect in hockey. And it was goddamn refreshing. Well, I mean, like when you're used to like any scores, it's like, yeah, Jim, you know, that was a great goal because McDavid took the puck and he shot it into the net. And once the puck beats the goaltender, it signaled a goal. What a play by McDavid. Like, whereas like when Mike and Ray are doing it, it's like, okay, look, he picks the puck up, then he turns his wrist, then he's looking. And it's this little stutter step that he does right at the blue line. You might not have noticed that, but here, let's rewind that a bit. It's right there. And that's what gets the defenseman off, off balance and like gives him a little, you know, stuff like that. And Kia Nurse, like, yeah, but like, she was dice. Everybody yeah. else, we don't. No, get she that. was dissecting like defensive shifts, like stuff I don't understand about basketball. And I'm a huge basketball I fan. I literally, she used words yesterday that I had never heard, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but it makes sense to and me. And it now. goes to show why she, she's such a good basketball player in her own right. Because you know what I learned last night, so this will expose just how much I don't watch basketball. Right. I learned what zone defense was. <laughs> really? <laughs> but guess what? Kia Nurse taught me what zone and defense was. And now you can night. watch basketball and look for it. 
for the rest of your life. You can. I, I know exactly. what it is. I didn't know that's that before because it had never been explained. When was the last time you learned something new from a hockey broadcast? That didn't involve those two? That didn't involve Ray or Mike. Oh, oh. well, if, if Pierre Maguire is talking, I know where a player's uncle yeah. lives. Does that count? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think it counts. I know what a player's zodiacs. I've learned every player's zodiac sign. I've learned their favorite ice cream flavor. <laughs> Zen and Kanaka, Pierre Maguire told me three things that I didn't even know about <laughs> myself. I've learned which item of furniture they lost their virginity on. I learned everything. It's remarkable. <laughs> um, do you even want to cover the man that is listed in this Kovalev shift? Kovalev was a great shot. I don't want to cover him. I just want to recover. Uh, I, okay. So right. anyways, let's end with fantastic job to all five women yes. who were on that broadcast last night. Y'all killed I hope it. They make this a regular um, thing. And anyone who was grumpy about it on Twitter, uh, fuck off. Yeah. Anyone like, who's grumpy about it on Twitter, uh, eat shit. How about that? Yeah. Like that's. Get a big bag honestly, of shit. Honestly, there were no women grumpy about it. So I can say this. It's, it was small dick energy. Oh, hundred percent. Minuscule. Yeah, like, like minuscule dick energy. Small dick incel energy. Yeah, sits perfectly on top of the balls. Small dick energy. All right. Speaking of small dick energy, oh. I want you to cover this quick because I don't want to give this guy some too much oxygen on this. No, I don't want to give him press. Okay. I want to give the nonsense. Right. So Colton Tubert was hired to coach something or other. That part is not Colton Tubert fail, um, noted a bust, NHL bust. Okay, so... But the more important thing here is the hockey players for, uh, I think it's like Hockey for Change, yes. um, pointed out, first of all, like, they went through his Twitter likes, which I don't love people doing, but okay, they did it. And he likes some pretty racist and yes. um, politically charged things. And um, and they not, they just pointed that out. And in a letter, yeah. they said, hey, like, these are our concerns about him working with this group of mm-hmm. people. He's got a habit of being like racist. I believe there was an issue while he was playing. Was. Um, exactly. And so they sent this letter. Mm-hmm. It was well worded, whatever. And <laughs> Gabby is her name, got a response, and she was originally very scared because it was a cease and desist oh letter. Oh god, this is ridiculous. This is so funny. But I, can I just tell no, you that n- knowing that we both have a lot of legal knowledge between the two of us, considering our studies, like this is so funny. This is this was the worst cease and desist letter I've ever seen. I sent it. Well, I asked Sam Chang, who is yeah. a lawyer, and then I sent it to a lawyer that I know. And I was like, um, what is happening here? And both of them were just howling because what type of cease and desist letter doesn't come on letterhead? Yep. And is signed legal counsel. The kind of cease and desist letter that is plucked from a template website. (laughs) On Pinterest is actually where it came from. On Pinterest. Wow. (laughs) He went to Pinterest University. And we actually found the link that he used. Yeah, I think I saw that. So the moral of the story is, is if you're going to get caught being bigoted whether that's racist sexist homophobic she seems to be all of them maybe don't go to pinterest university and put together a fake cease and desist letter because if twitter is gonna be able to suss something out they're gonna suss now here's the thing with colton tubert is like so you you mentioned like the 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 
the act of like going through people's likes is a little dicey because some people use likes as bookmarks. I do that. For example, I do that on TikTok. I do that. I do that on TikTok, which has now ruined my algorithm because I will, I will like, I'll see like a really cringy, stupid or like, you know, offensive video or something that I want to maybe clown on. So I'll like that and I'll keep that in the back pocket to be like, so when, so when I want, so if I'm in a punchy mood and I want to like do like clown on that, that thing, I just can go through my likes and find it quickly. Right. And that, but the thing about TikTok is like it warps your algorithm depending on like it, it caters your algorithm depending on what you like. So now it's it thinks that I like these cringy, stupid shit like things. So sometimes, so I have to course correct that. But with Tubert, a like like if you look at certain things, like you might have the odd like in there, and it's like weird, but it's usually a either a article that you want to reference from later, or like a bad tweet that you want to be able to reference on a podcast like this later. Tubert's is entirely like Candace Owens, Ben Shapiro, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then also he's like, he it came out that uh, he was on the, a world juniors team with Brendan Gallagher and PK Subban. And apparently they didn't like PK Subban cause he was so brash. So they came up with a nickname for him called Monday. And hey, yes, and, which is a Boston they, thing because basically they started calling black yep. people Monday because nobody likes Mondays, exactly. Which so, Holy when PK Subban was traded and Brendan Gallagher had some, you know, like relatively candid comments about this time in, in, in Montreal, um, Colton Tuber quote tweeted that, like the tweet that was like Brendan Gallagher, you know, speaks out about PK Subban and just goes, don't let Mondays get you down at Brendan Gallagher, be galley or whatever. Essentially yeah. like putting that. So he's he's very upfront in in his distasteful ideology i will say so i'm glad to see that he's being pointed out as being an absolute corn husker and um <laughs> i just ha- like another guy who i just hope never touches the game of hockey ever again it's uh, honestly the funniest part of this whole thing is he dead ass put together that cease and desist From letter Pinterest. and thought nobody was going to think you signed it legal counsel from goddamn pinterest my lord like okay my lawyer, when dealing with things related to my former employer, mm-hmm. did not sign things that said that. And she sent things that were some less serious and some more serious than that. Always was signed. That's The, the individual I have now representing me for hockey-related stuff, who just kind of like helps me mm-hmm. out and is a sounding board for me does not sign things like that because you don't do it. So you know what? It doesn't mean anything. So Rachel, unless there's a name and a seal there, it literally means nothing. I cannot wait for you and I to get our cease and desist letters in the mail in due time. Post hence. Oh, he is going to have a bad time if he thinks he's going to send that to me because <laughs> I, can't I wait. don't mess around with that kind of it stuff. It was like, right. I just, I got my first, um, alumni donation uh, uh prompt from u of t i changed my phone number and the university hasn't called like me they since. mailed it to me and oh i changed my address like, boy oh boy <laughs> well they mailed it they mailed it to my parents and when my dad came over he like he gave it to me being like hey there's something here and i'm like oh this is this nope. is the moment i've been waiting for it's great and so i can't i'm essentially going to treat that cease and desist the way i treated that letter but rachel we've reached the end of the podcast um you need to go and eat some food so you can at least have some strength to continue the Herculean work you're doing. And I'm going to go make... I literally have not... Yeah, you got to eat today, some. Except for when I went, went for a walk to get ice cream. Like, 
I'm at the point in my writing where like I'm forgetting to eat. Yeah, you gotta you gotta eat. I'm gonna make some smash burgers <laughs> tonight, which is great. I was funny enough, this is how pandemic life has changed me. As I was like doing some work today, I just had some onions casually caramelizing on the stove behind me. That's weird. No, it's it's like it's Thursday, so I'm either gonna have McDonald's like I always did, or there's like a Berlin dinner. Oh yeah. You were really happy about that. Oh baby. Hell yeah. I think I might do that. Well, Rachel, until until uh, it's what Thursday or I guess Friday by the time you're listening to this, boy oh boy, time is a flat flat circle. Um, I will not be here Monday. Yes. I'm not dying, everyone. No. It's just uh, thesis is a thing that's due next exactly. week. Exactly. So that has to take precedence. So I will. I will be back hopefully Thursday. So I'll be joined by a guest <laughs> who we have not nailed down yet, but I will be joined by <laughs> I will be joined by a guest again. Um, also, hey, let it. Let us know who you want to guest host that. Like, if you have any yeah. recommendations, see if we can swing it. But on that note, you can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory, me on Twitter at Mikey Stevens eighty one. You can follow the pod on Twitter at staff at Staff Graph. Um, give us, you know, the pod can be found on iTunes. It can be make sure you vote in our polls. Yes, make sure you vote in our polls. Um, also, the pod can be found on iTunes. It can be found on Spotify. Any podcatcher you can possibly wrap your your gigantic sexy brains around. And also write us a review. Let us know how we're doing. You can also f- buy our merch on, on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash staff and graph shop. And uh, yeah, Rachel, want to leave the, our lovely listeners with anything else? Go outside and wear a mask. Fantastic. And with that, we will see you on Tuesday.